Welcome, Divine Expander, to The Riley June Show. As your host, I am dedicated to helping you unlock your soul's gifts, consciousness, and live a life of true divine expansion. As a psychic medium, spiritual mentor, and conscious healer, I have learned through self-practice and activating thousands of women with my work what it's like to truly harness and embody your soul's gifts. If you're looking for self-mastery, life purpose, and the confidence to live life aligned, you've come to the right place. Now let's dive in and lean into your soul's truth in all ways. Hello, my beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. And this one is going to be so credible and so powerful because I have a special guest that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And she has survived a cult. And her experience that she shares is really indicative of what we're experiencing on a global level right now. And may even be shocking to some of you to hear, but understand that through her experience and through her finding and listening and learning about her intuition, it led her to a greater purpose. And ultimately, no matter where you're at in your life, whether you're down the rabbit holes of everything happening in this world or you are stepping into your own healing journey and self-expansion experience, that this episode is going to be so profoundly helpful for you in distinguishing more about yourself, your energy, your intuition, and just really coming and hanging out with me and Ashley as she shares her beautiful, impactful story. So I'm going to tune out now and I am going to share her with all of you. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest on today, Ashley Easter, and one of my really good friends, the power of community, introduced us together. And so her story, her experience, and her healing journey is such a testament to the shadow side of life and why we go through experiences and the value in continuing to heal and continuing to tap into our intuition and continuing to understand ourselves, our growth, our mission. And so I'm, we're just going to dive into this one. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, I am so excited to be here. Thanks. And, you know, our friends who introduced us that I just love how the universe works. I'm super excited about this and love to connect with you and with your audience. This is great. Yay. So Ashley, go ahead and give everybody an intro. Who are you? What do you do? And then we'll dive into all the stories behind all this. Cool. So I am a cult survivor turned intuition master, and I help women and some men, but mainly women, really break out of that mode of self-doubt and begin to trust themselves, trust their guts, trust their intuition, and become intuition masters themselves. Uh, That is the work that I do. I um, have a background in abuse survivor advocacy, and I do some of that with my nonprofit. But what I'm really passionate about these days is is teaching people how to tap into their intuition for safety, abundance, and success. Mm, I love that. Safety, abundance, and success. That is so 
Beautiful. So let's dive into to your story a little bit, because as we are raising consciousness in the world and as people are raising their own individual consciousness, there comes the polarity of of light and dark and of challenge and and enlightenment of suffering and expansion. And within that, you can become a target to people who don't necessarily have the greatest of intentions. And so you started off your life in that type of environment experience. So if you're open, I would love to, for you just to share with them what that was like. Absolutely. So I'll try to keep the story condensed because I was in this cult-like environment for about 22 years of my life, Um, but basically I grew up in it. So um, I'll try to describe and explain a couple different terms because that's the thing with cults. There's often some insider lingo, but I think it'll help give you a picture of um, my experience if I explain some things. So first of all, Um, Both of my grandfathers were pastors in independent fundamentalist Baptist churches, and there are many different types of Baptist churches. And so I'm not picking on the Christian faith or Baptists in, you know, general here, but it was a very strict religious group. And um, so one grandfather was a pastor in the north, other in the south, you know, all in the U.S. And from the time I was a couple days old, I grew up in this church community. And um, there were a lot of things like even in the bylaws of our church, it said, you know, members are not allowed to dance. So like pretty strict, like in the paperwork, in the bylaws, you know, just some really wild, unrealistic rules. Um, And it was very much centered around power and control, um, you know, God's man being in charge, those types of things. In addition to that, I was also homeschooled and homeschooling can be a great choice for a lot of people. I know during the pandemic, people have had to um, care for their children at home and educate them at home for safety reasons. Olympic athletes are often homeschooled so they can hone their craft. There are many reasons, but inside the larger homeschooling movement are these small movements inside of it. And one of those movements was called the patriarchy movement. And it is just like what it sounds like. It was about adherence to the patriarchy. So men were to have power and control over women in the home, in the church, and often in society as well. A woman's role in this movement was to submit to the men in her life, get married young, have lots of babies, say yes to sex, homeschool the children, and kind of repeat this cycle. So you've got the Baptist, independent fundamentalist Baptist movement, I was a part of inside of that was the homeschooling movement inside of the homeschooling movement was the patriarchy movement it's kind of like those uh, russian nesting dolls the matryoshka dolls where they just kind of inside of each other um and then inside the patriarchy movement was another movement called the quiverful movement which we are also a part of and the closest pop culture examples I have to that would be, are you for, familiar with either the Duggars, 19 Kids and Counting, yeah. or Welcome to Plathville? That, yeah. Those shows, okay. Okay, yeah. That went sideways. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, as it always does. Like it's never, um, when you put that much control on people, it never ends up well for one reason or another. Um, but while we didn't have to wear the long skirts, a lot of the same messaging around women being suppressed, you know, what they could wear, their bodies, um, you know, again, this hierarchical 
uh, relationship between men and women. And then the reason it's called the quiverful movement is because they take a verse out of context in the book of Psalms in the Christian Bible that says, children are like arrows in a mighty man's quiver. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So to be a blessed man, you should have a quiver full of arrows, arrows meaning children. And then I remember as a teenager sitting through a um, lecture about the 200 year plan for these quiverful families. And it was oh. this, you have 10 children, those 10 children have 10 children, those 10 children have 10 children, on and on for 200 years. And eventually you have this astronomical amount of descendants, these arrows that you'll then shoot into the world to sink into different sectors of society, like the home, church, media, politics, the list went on. And basically the idea was to dominate the world through overpopulation with this very patriarchal quote unquote Christian message. So I grew up with that. <laughs> um, I um, not surprisingly experienced multiple different forms of abuse from most emotional and spiritual across the gambit. Yeah. And when you grow up in a movement like this, when everything is controlled for everybody, but especially for women, especially for girls, your intuition really gets squelched from a young age. I'm a firm believer that everybody has intuition and that it's always speaking to them. But if you grow up in a movement, if you grow up in a family or are in a relationship where your intuition is pressed down, you're not allowed to listen to it, eventually that voice of your intuition starts to get quieter. And that's what happened to me for many years. And it wasn't until after I'd gotten out of uh, an abusive romantic relationship, still part of the cult, um, when my intuition started speaking up more loudly again. And that was sort of a, a transitional uh, experience, which then led me to questioning everything, eventually leaving finding my now amazing husband who physically rescued me through marriage and um, now really being in a place where I can trust my intuition from big things like leaving a cult, moving states, finding a soulmate, um, things re related to my business, starting a nonprofit to little things like choosing avocados at the supermarket or should I go left or right? Or, you know, is this stranger somebody I should speak to and, you know, give them a word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. So it literally helps save me out of that cult. And what the work I do right now is helping others, whether they're in that extreme of a situation or not, start to listen and trust themselves, trust their gut because it really is life changing. Okay, so many things here. I've, I'm already being told we're going to have to do a part two to this because it's just like, <laughs> what? So first and foremost, I want to just acknowledge you for having the bravery to ask questions because a lot of times when we ascend into something different and we decide like, wait, something's really not adding up here or, you know, I've, I feel like I could do better in, in this tiny little sector and maybe that's the color of my shirt. And we start to, it, it's a catalyst experience. And, and what happens is sometimes we forget to just look back to that moment and just be like, fuck, like I'm so proud of myself for allowing that incy wincy tiny voice that said, but what about this to, to become louder and louder and speak up. So I want to really acknowledge you for your bravery and, and not only rising above and completely shifting your life into something greater, but also having the willingness and the courage to 
step out into the world and humanity and say, look it, like this shit is real. And this does happen. And unfortunately to lots of people. And I want to change that. That doesn't have to be the story that we continue to live or get sucked into maybe later on in life. And so there's, there's so many things within that, that there's like, talk about a calling, like God, right. The pinnacle of the religion that then had, or the pinnacle of the belief that then had the religious, you know, patriarchy that strapped on top of it but you actually chose to transcend above that and listen to, to God, right? The message that poured through you, right? Because at some point someone had a good idea and then got lost along the way. Right. So right. there's, that is so beautiful. And I'm really so grateful that God created this space for us to, to come together within. So there's two things that I really want to highlight here. And the first one being is, why do you feel or believe from your experience that questioning is a big no-go, especially when there's so much control? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've studied cults. I have like a little mini ebook on cults hidden in plain sight. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing you have to realize about cults is nobody wakes up one day and is like, you know what? I think I'm going to join a destructive cult. That sounds like fun, you know, really fuck up my life, the lives of those around me. That's great. Um, so usually the way people enter cults is either in my case, I was born into it because my family was in it. Uh, you're recruited into it when you're in some type of a, either a crisis point in your life or not even necessarily a crisis, but just a transition point in your life where you're kind of looking for a new community. So when we're particularly vulnerable. Um, and then of course there's the extreme cases where people are abducted into a cult, but you don't see that happening quite as much as the being born into it or the indoctrination. So the thing about cults, the thing about all forms of abuse, it is always based in a lust for power and control. Now, there may be, you know, other motivations there as well, but when you melt it down, it's always about power and control. So whether it is, you know, we only wear this type of clothes, we only listen to this type of music, we don't dance, um, to, you know, more strict things like women are literally to be in submission to men for their whole lives. It is about control. And when you start to ask questions, you are pushing back against that control because the person who is in control, to be in control, you can't you can't have other people throwing up other ideas because what if some of those ideas are valid? What if it gets other people talking? And if you ask questions and start poking holes in this control system, then it all starts to fall apart. And that's that's a valid fear because when I start asking questions and even when there was just the slightest crack, the first thing that really changed for me is I learned about equality for women. And when just that one piece, and there were so many other toxic damaging things about the cult, when that piece, you know, kind of fell apart, then the rest of the system just disintegrated and they know this. So asking questions is dangerous to leaders who want to continue um, their control. But as a person who wants to be sovereign over their own life, questions are your friend. Yeah. And you should take oh. it as a red flag if somebody will not you know, be open to you having questions, concerns, and differences of opinion. Yeah. And so what you're sharing right now ties in 
so like perfectly. It's like the same magnet mm. with what we're experiencing in society right now. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's a, a craving for power, which is very much so much of the cult mentality. So in Alberta, where I am right now, we can't dance, we can't sing, all of our DJs are shut down, we can't, um, we're in some of the other provinces, they can't even buy essential things. And that's their way of respect to the businesses that are closed. And anyone who speaks out our own um, pre or premier, we have a premier, yeah, our premier has called us unhinged conspiracy theorists, and they're damaging. And it's because of them that we're still in this for the betterment, we got to do the right thing. This is the right thing to do. So like my province right now is in the absolute thick of this. And for Mm -hmm. people who are questioning, they're being condemned, outcasted on the media, in the newspapers, by friends and family, and and not only just in my province, but I know that this is happening all over the world. And what's so- where do you live? Where do you live? Canada. Uh, Canada, okay, all right, I'm in the US, okay. Okay, (laughs) so what you're laying out right now is really the epitome of what the globe is trying to create is these world leaders, these billionaires, these you know tech giants are essentially trying to warp people into a cult-like mentality. It's like, we're your friend, we're gonna save you, but you have to do as we say, and these are the best ways to do it. And so what your experience was on a small level is so valuable for people who are waking up into asking questions. It's like all of a sudden they realize, okay, well, you know, I went along with it for this long, but you know, now our children, like, ah, that's not really fitting with me anymore. And it's, so the questions come up and then it's like, well, wait, when you ask one question, all the other 700,000 questions you've been avoiding asking become more prevalent because that's how intuition works. That's how the ascension works. It's when you start to ask and have curiosity about one thing, every other single area of life that you've been avoiding becomes equally relevant to you. And then it's this catalyst of just like, oh, 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 shit. Oh my, what do I do with this? And so for you, having experienced it to the degree and to have the background and knowledge and the, the, the studying of that is, well, what society is needing for the rehabilitation in our awakening. So your work in this world is just so relevant isn't even the right word. It's just, it's literally the calling that we needed. Like you went through that because at this point in our life in the globe, they needed you to help them ascend from that experience. So, oh man, spirits, like all the channels are open now. So, okay. First and foremost, I just want to, um, I took some notes because I was like, there's some things I'm going to need to come back to. (laughs) I would love to get the link from you at the end for your ebook so that I can link it yeah. in the show notes. Really important. And I would love to know from you what your experience is re- rehabilitating your faith out of relationship versus out of religion. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, my, I would say that my uh, spirituality has changed and evolved a lot. And I like to leave room in what I would call like a deconstruction process for people to land in different places, because 
different people are meant for different paths and different paths at different times. So for myself, I initially, um, you know, stepped out of this very cult-like environment. And then I stepped into like mainstream evangelicalism, uh, evangelical Christianity. And, um, you know, that felt a lot more freeing. That felt a lot more freeing than where I was at. But then as I started um, digging deeper into that, I started realizing that there was a lot of control mechanisms there too. And that even some quote unquote mainstream Christian environments really are not healthy and safe. And I've actually done a lot of work. Um, we, uh, I have been a part of a rally slash protest against the abuse and cover-ups in the Southern Baptist Convention, which is the largest Protestant denomination in the world. And then I'm also vice president of SNAP Survivors Network of those abused by priests with the Catholic Church. And so realizing that there's a lot of power and control, even in our mainstream um environments and some of those different sections may fall into all of the criteria of a destructive cult some of them may not but they may still have a lot of the markers of you know unhealthy power and control structures so i went from you know the cult kind of environment to mainstream evangelicalism to then into more of like progressive liberal christianity where i would still probably identify a bit just because that's my um that's my tradition. You know, a Christianity has been my tradition and I'm ordained with the Progressive Christian Alliance. Um, but what I've seen from there, what kind of that progressive lens, that more liberal lens has allowed me to see that there's so much more and that, you know, I don't have the corner on all the truth as yeah. far as, you know, religion and spirituality and that other religions and other groups um, have other bits of truth as well. And that maybe what is attempting to happen with all of these different religions is we're all pointing to the same type of thing. Um, and it's sort of like scaffolding to kind of hold up, you know, a roof while yeah. it's being built. Like we're all looking up to the same thing. And sometimes that scaffolding can be helpful to kind of point up. But then eventually, sometimes those structures can crack and crumble. And we have to realize that those structures weren't really the point. The point was this connection with the divine. And um, then I've also veered into a lot of, you know, research on quantum physics and those types of things and how science and spirituality really maybe are different language for the same thing. And so, yeah, I I respect people on, you know, all different types of places in their path. Um, But that's that's sort of where I'm at right now is really looking at that connection between science and spirituality. And that's why intuition has been such a great thing, because there is hard science behind it. And also it can easily be incorporated into your spiritual practices. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And and I've worked with a multitude of people who have come out of those like strict live by the Bible, 10 commandments, don't ever dare question or sway from this experience to wanting to understand mediumship and intuition. Cause they're like, okay, but you know, why am I so called to this? Or, or why is this feel not of the devil? Like I've been told. Right. And then they develop that gift and they realize that it's like, I didn't actually have to fear death my entire life. And now I can move forward, you know, making peace with it. It's like, okay, well, inevitably, yeah, we don't, you know, live infinitely in our physical body anyways, but that connection is so powerful because you transcend the fear of dying. And then it's like, oh, but wait, now all of these things that I was told was so wrong 
that that was actually abusive. And then they get to go through that healing experience of breaking down the narcissism and the, the destruction of it and so on and so forth. And so then it comes back to, as you transcend in your own consciousness, there has to be a higher pinnacle of faith that you look up to. So I loved your scaffolding example, because it's like, you know, at some point someone had a really great idea where it's like, oh, let's bring these people to God. But then it's like, oh, but what if they sway? Here's a direction. What if they, okay, well, here's a rule. Well, and then it's like all these stairs now have locks on them and you Mm -hmm. can't get to the top. But then when you, find your own journey and you tap into your own energy and you realize that you are a transcendent being as you are, then it still brings you back to that foundation of, of God. Right. And so that's why I asked the question of what's your relationship now with a higher faith versus um, religion, because typically Mm -hmm. found in religions is those uh, not the greatest structures and that's not to pick on anyone either um but having worked with people who are healing from those experiences um and have you heard of dr jordan peterson um you know I've, i've heard the name i'm really not familiar with his with his work okay so why i feel called to bring him up is because when you talked about finding you know the science and the connection with the quantum field and all these things Um, he's a social scientist. So he is like 99% logical mind. Like he has studied psychology and, and psychiatry and all these other, you know, logical, tangible, proven things about the way humans operate. And he did a biblical series on YouTube where he takes logic and tries to rationalize the depth of the stories in the Bible from, from a completely non-biased, um, Uh, experience. And what he comes to find at the end of it is that there's actually just a phenomenon that you really just have to lean into that last 5% of faith with. And that's where the relationship comes in versus the structure of a religion. And um, I I feel like you'd really love it because especially he approaches everything with logic. So it's so captivating in the way he's trying to articulate and, and move through relevancy and other philosophers in our time and bring their notions together within it so it was just really interesting so I'll leave that with you too <laughs> check into <laughs> thank you for sharing yeah um okay I have another question for you so finding your intuition so you escape these experiences you learn about them you equally even put in safety nets for yourself. So, you know, a nonprofit organization to help other people. Um, You become a part of your own experience, your own creation of just love and rehabilitation and energy and all these beautiful things. How has then, how do I want to word this? Moving from a place of manifesting from chaos. So I got to get out of this. This is not right. This is not okay. Okay. I found my safety net. I found my soulmate and, and we've created these beautiful things, but then deciding to just solely trust, have faith and lean into the curiosity without being in that chaotic environment anymore. How has that expanded your intuitive abilities and ultimately what you have then attracted and experienced in your own life? That was a big question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I think the best way to answer it would be like this. So 
We've got, um, there's some science behind this. Um, we've got, we've got like two sides of our brain. There's obviously a lot of different parts of the brain and I'm yeah. definitely simplifying it, but you've got kind of that logical conscious side. Um, and that's where your ego is housed and your ego is not a bad thing. It's just, it's almost like a scared little kid. It only has a limited perspective on the world can only see a few things in front of it, a few past memories from the back. Um, and it's trying to make decisions based on that. And its job is to keep you safe. Its job is to keep you from dying basically. Uh, the other side of the brain, the right side of the brain, um, where your subconscious mind is, your intuition is housed in your subconscious mind. And your intuition has access to so many more data points than your conscious mind has. Um, it's got access to memories that you can't consciously remember anymore. It has access to energy imprints, to fetal memory, to DNA, ancestral memory through epigenetics, um, you know, just all kinds of things, quantum you know, information passed through. And so it can make much better um, conclusions, get to much better decisions because it has this large amount of information it's drawing from. And your intuition is always based from a place of love and expansion. It always wants the best for you. It always wants, you know, the bigger, uh, more expansive thing in your life. Whereas your ego wants you to place it safe, stay small, stay in that comfort zone because it thinks any kind of change is, is going to make you die. Okay. Yeah. So whether you are in a chaotic environment or not, your intuition's voice is always going to be the same. And you're going to be able to manifest from your intuition the same way, whether you are in an external environment of chaos or an external environment of peace. And here's how you can tell the difference between whether it is your intuition calling you to something or your ego. So your ego is going to feel anxiety ridden. It's going to feel fearful. It's going to feel anxious and hyper and just like, should I do this? Should I do that? It's going to switch back and forth. It's just going to feel like this really intense hyper energy. Your intuition is always going to have a voice that is calm, cool, collected, direct, precise, it's not going to waver. It's always going to play come from a place of love and expansion. And so even when you are in a really extreme environment like a cult, your intuition can still come through in that calm, cool, clear, direct. This is the next step. It's going to be okay. Take, you know, this path and you're going to manifest, you know, the things that you desire. Um and whether you're in a, a peaceful environment, your ego is going to still sound the same as, you know, fearful and anxious and all those types of things. So I think really manifesting from your intuition is less about the external environment and whether you're manifesting from chaos or from an external environment of peace. It's are you manifesting? Are you following the path of your intuition? And its voice will always sound the same no matter what is happening outside of you. And so in the cult, my intuition said it's going to be okay. Something big, something good's about to happen. I paid attention to that. It led me to a person who then introduced me to someone else who then asked me a bunch of questions about patriarchy, which then led me to ask questions about equality for women, which then led me to be like, wow, this is unhealthy. And it just kept going. And sometimes I was afraid of the questions that came up because I knew there would be the change and that was the ego voice. But it was still that calm, cool clarity of the intuition of like, keep asking that question. You're on the right path. Um, 
And so that's how it felt then. But now, you know, I I'm very clear on what those two voices sound like. And it can almost be I don't know if harder is the right word, but it can be just as challenging where when you're in a more peaceful environment to know the difference between your intuition and ego. Because when you are in an environment of chaos, when you get that calm voice, it stands out and you're like, oh, this is different. Um, I'm going to follow that. But when you're in a more you know, relaxed state, you know, you can be a little bit more easily wooed by your ego and not really feel that distinction as strongly. But when you can learn the difference, you can manifest your dreams from any external state. Um, and I don't want to say any external state without caveats. There are some times when your intuition is guiding you to something, but due to being a, in a cult, due to abuse, things that are outside of your control, people may physically stop you. Um, but as far as everything that's in your power, um, you can do that in whatever state you're in. Oh, we're definitely going to have to book a part two. I want to be conscious of your time. Um, uh, so many things. I want to just thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing all of this. I know my audience is going to be so elated to hear everything that you're sharing because a lot of the people that I serve are people who are waking up into consciousness. And so um, they're either waking up into consciousness or they have come out of some form of traumatic experience and more than not some form of structured religious background that was not indicative of individual growth. And so hearing that there is a path, there is a way, and that the continued healing and leaning into self is so needed and necessary is so much bigger than just, okay, you're going to get out of this. Okay. And that might be the motivation in the beginning that might be, okay, there is a bright side to everything that you've just suffered or you have gone through that's challenging. But in the other side of it, when you're in that space, when you're in that peaceful environment, it it's not just, okay, now all of a sudden it's still the same thing because the noise outside of you is, is less than it was that led you to all of a sudden, you know, your first experience of quantum leaping. And so then there comes a comfortability, which comes with, within comfortability comes complacency. And, and I say that neutrally because we want, we just escape something traumatic or struggling, even if it's just like, you know, figuring out how to pay off your debt. And then you figure out how to pay off your debt and you're like, okay, this is really good. But then when you're not challenging yourself and when you're not continuing with your practice, well, then that complacency leads you to just staying where you are, which is fine if that's what calls to you. But there, there's less of an adventure within it. And then there's so much more you can magnetize to you. And that might be, you know, having what was in your debt in now your savings account and so on and so forth. Um, but on the other side of that, if you continue to lead with your intuition and you learn about it more and learn how to master it for yourself, it leads you to, you know, a, a different version of what your experience is where now you're helping people and you've created even more self-sovereignty because in the beginning, typically people tend to chase the sovereignty from money where it's like, well, if I have X amount of dollars, then I don't have to worry about bills and housing and food and, you know, their basic principles. And then it leads you to, well, actually, you know, money's great, but what I really want is I want to travel and I want to be home with my kids and I want to, you know, do these other things. And it's like, okay, well, through that continued growth and practice, your intuition will lead you if you're willing to lean into it and follow it. And so everything that you shared is so valuable and very much where a lot of people are right now in their lives. And that's, you know, waking up to questions 
and being afraid of asking those questions and then not sure where those questions are going to lead them and what the experience is then through that, what they get to do, what's in their control. And it really comes down to self-practice and it comes down to just building on that trust through your decision-making process and just seeing where it takes you ultimately. Um, for one last question for you and more yeah. so just um, leaving the audience with, if you could share a message to, you know, some spirit brings a person in your mind right now and you feel called to speak to them and they're just starting this journey. What do you feel called to share with them right now? I would just say that you can trust yourself. Um, you've been told that you can't and you can't trust your ego but you can trust your intuition and that is deeply a part of you. And when you can clearly know the difference between the two, you're golden. Like there's nothing you can't do. Um, that is that is really how people stay on the cutting edge of humanity, of business, of relationships is when they're tapped into that part of their intuition. You have that. Um, so I would just say, trust yourself, trust yourself. And, you know, if you aren't sure difference between intuition and ego, I actually have a free toolkit that you can download called the intuition versus ego toolkit. Uh, you can just go to ashleyeaster.com slash toolkit. I also mentioned my uh, mini ebook on cults, you know, that's in the book section of my website. Um, but getting clear on difference between intuition and ego really is key i think for everything in life you know that's that's why i love this intuition stuff so much because it applies to literally everything um yeah absolutely oh thank you so much ashley and where can they find you yeah, so there's two places. Um, I am pretty much all over social media. You can find me. Uh, Instagram is my main spot for intuition stuff. Um, advocacy, like abuse survivor advocacy stuff, that's more on Twitter. But Instagram is I am Ashley Easter. And then depending on when you all are listening to this, uh, I have this six week course called Intuition Mastery that's coming up uh, very soon. It's uh, actually the starting date is June 20th, but we're you know opening cart um, next week. And it takes you from intuitive curious all the way to that place where you become an intuition master. It dives deep into the intuition, the difference between intuition and ego helps you get those signs and things from the universe. And um, it's, it's really one of those things that I've taken everything I've learned about intuition and poured it into this course. And the stories I'm hearing from my students about intuitive experiences, meeting people randomly and, you know, like monetary gain coming to them, um, just having a deeper connection with themselves and self-trust. Um, so I would, I would love to invite you all to check that out. I'm also starting a membership. Um, so if you're kind of, I don't know, walking away from organized religion, I kind of miss that community piece. And so the membership program is really like that community piece where you can experience the spirituality, but we love questions. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is okay to explore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Thank you so much for sharing your time and energy. And I'm going to make sure to link all of Ashley's stuff below in the show notes. So you'll be able to go and find her and follow her and to dive into all her stuff. And uh, 
we're definitely we're gonna do a part two here so <laughs> um, so much fun ah. yes love it <laughs> awesome well thank you so much ashley for joining us today and you guys go check her out her energy is so beautiful and i'm so happy that we all got to connect with her today Ah, so amazing, isn't she? And really just speaking to the true power of our intuition. I really, truly hope that you love that as much as I did. And there's definitely going to be a part two coming your way very, very soon. I wanted to take a moment to let you know that the Align and Ascend Mastermind is here to support the lightworkers and healers who are ready to let go of their monkey mind and step into that space where they're no longer available for their own bullshit, their own excuses. This was such a catalyst in my own journey was when I decided that I wasn't going to allow this circumstance or this person's judgment or not having this resource to be the thing that stopped me from being able to move forward. And this is really a question for you to ask yourself and reflect on how far are you truly willing to go to uncover and to expand within your soul's mission? How far are you really willing to go? How much do you truly desire to experience your desires? Because when I sat with that question for myself, it became an absolute no-brainer in jumping into the containers that were going to support me and actually reaching out and asking the questions to the coaches that I inevitably signed with to help me. That brought me to this beautifully spiritually aligned space where the friendships that I was so devastated that I was recognizing I was going to have to leave behind led me to even greater friendships now. And that I don't say that like the people that I left behind are bad people. They're not. They're just on a different journey and a different path. And I was holding myself to an identity that made me think and feel like I needed to uphold those relationships, though they were no longer indicative of the growth and the desires that I wanted to align in my life. And when I finally decided to make those decisions and, and take those leaps of faith in moving forward, it led me to this space that there is no ounce of regret in my body in the decisions that I've made. And it has been a catalyst for not only the experience that I am able to create and provide for my clients today, but equally the growth and the depth of my own self development and skills and gifts. And even in the monetary freedom that I experience because of those choices. So if this is you and you are ready to just take that leap of faith, bet on yourself, then don't sleep on this. Come and apply for the mastermind and I cannot wait to hold space for you in this sacred four-month container. The link is in the show notes where you can go and apply. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. There is an opportunity to hop on a 15-minute clarity call if you need additional support in understanding if this truly is the right fit for you as well. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a moment to just thank you so much for tuning in with me each and every week. 
If you weren't already aware, new episodes drop on Mondays. If you could please be so kind as to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Riley June with your biggest takeaway, or if you know someone who could really use the insight and guidance provided to you in this session today, I would love for you to go ahead and share this directly to them. I look forward to continuing to bring you insight, guidance, and self-mastery activation tools that you can implement into your life now to truly evolve and become the divine expander that you are. All right, I cannot wait to chat with you soon. And remember, don't forget to go and find the magic in today.